0: This be my postmodern up parody, depressed, so I can't speak with sincerity My lips is pierced with vodka, true clarity Kicked in the door like J. Cole's house Apparently you thought the kids that were raising these new blocks Would change the world, be the brains that sparked by Tupac Instead, we talk about nothing but these oo chasing bread Only focused on making the crew pop Hip-hop is dead, and other mutterings that I stutter I didn't mean it, but I'm scrolling, trying to find Drake, baby mother I get restless in the winter, be coked out for the summer I know better like I'm Prezi, sucker. free race by my mother Fuck the other side, rival gang or parents, let's get lost tonight Like we hovin' in Paris, every other side Rival gang or parents, let's get lost tonight
1: My next guest has worked with the likes of G Eazy, Mozzie, and Ty Sign, among many others. He is very talented in his own right, and he's an artist whose voice definitely needs to be heard. It's my pleasure to introduce yeah, Mark yeah. E.
0: Basie. Baby, I can stand for your vibes now.
1: If you wanna try, then I'll
0: try now. Always going crazy till I pipe down, then you pipe down, yes. Sexually explicit. When I'm deep down in the air, yeah, yeah Make me never wanna finish, yeah. Make me never wanna finish, yeah, yeah Can I stay right here with you, yeah I'ma stay right, you, yeah. I stay right here with you, yeah Can I stay right here with you, yeah Can I stay, oh yeah, yeah Woman, I can still feel the high now First nine months, how we vibed up Going rounds, cut the lights out, yeah
1: Welcome back, everyone. Today, I'm with a very special guest, the one and only Mark E. Basie. I just wanted to point out, I'm terrible at names. So when I, when I reached out to you guys, I literally added a fucking E to like the Mark E. Basie interview. So it was E-Y. So I apologize for that. I'm
0: aware my name is not, uh, it's not too easy. People mess it up often. I always hold my breath before they introduce me. I've been introduced at ba- as Bassie so many times. <laughs> like a fishing company. <gasps> and Dude, it heard it's like, I'm not an avid fisherman. It's oh, just, uh, but you-
1: <laughs> so you
0: did it right. At least you pronounced it right. That means yes. a lot.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Okay. No, I, I like to do a lot of research on all my guests. I watch a fuck ton of interviews, whether I like the interviews or not. And what I've noticed, is, it's, we're going to have to keep it short on this one too, but like all your interviews are like 7 to 22 minutes long. I calculated exactly, <laughs> <laughs> and I have to say, literally, after like listening to all your interviews, I think you're literally like a really deep guy. But like the last interview you did with like Nick Cannon, oh yeah, like I did the thing, that. the things like I noticed, and I, this is, like the, it leads into a question. You'll start talking like briefly about like your album even or your past, and then Nick Cannon or someone will be like, okay, back to the album. Mm. Why do you think that is? Like you'll start saying like, yeah, my. Postmodern depression. It's about anxiety. This is why the title. This is my family, and then.
0: Well, like even if you're on like Joe Rogan, most people just watch short clips that are chopped up on YouTube. So I think as an interviewer, people try to find concise highlights, and they almost like self-edit even as the interview is going on, um, to prevent people from dragging on and saying too much and certain people, like if I was interviewing or if you were interviewing like Barack Obama or something, I would let him talk forever. I'd say or, you know, whatever. Like a fucking president or a diplomat, you know. But uh, me, myself, I would try to be concise and just speak my mind clearly and not uh, try on too much.
1: But that's what I try to like explain with all these interviews. Like, I, I... What I want for Seattle is because right now we don't have like a huge interview hotspot. No one comes here to make the rounds. Oh shit, I just released my new album. I need to go by Seattle. It's not like we have a breakfast club out here. But that's what I want to do. I want to make a platform that's a mixture of the Joe Rogan experience where it can be an hour to three hours long, but also be the breakfast club where it's like <laughs> about hip hop, you know? Okay. But like what I've in like, like a... Recent interviews have been like Deontay Hitchcock, who's on the Dreamville album, Black Party, who's close to Childish Gambino. And the thing that I hear about what they say is either people don't want to interview them or they're like, they're too busy. But I think you guys have a voice and that needs to be heard too. Like you're, in my opinion, when it comes to when it comes to guests, like the features you have on your album, you have some huge features that are making like big impacts in society, like Ty Dolla if I had to make, like, a college report or an essay, my essay would be how Ty Dolla Sign is the modern Nate Dogg. Like, he's on every single feature. He's close with Snoop Dogg, so that's already a plus one right there. You got Mozzie on your newest album, who's, like, the biggest influence in Sacramento right now. He's the hugest guy in Sacramento. You got 07-0 One of the hardest
0: rappers in the world is Mozzie. Yes! Here.
1: And you deserve that spotlight. You think... Have those Thank
0: type you, of features? No, I mean I'm not going to disagree with you. That I appreciate it. Yeah. Do you think? I'll talk as long as you want me to.
1: Thank you. <laughs> do you think it comes with?
0: As long as you give me some tequila.
1: Here you go. I'll give you an individual you ready one. For shots. Yes. Where's the line? <laughs> Where's the tequila? <laughs> yeah. But do you think it? Do you think there's like tears to stardom, where you feel like someone has more of a voice than another person, or why do you think? I feel like that isn't in the music industry in general.
0: I think um, I decided unknowingly a long time ago just in my subconscious somewhere that I was going to be dedicated to music and not think twice and just go all in and you hear people often (laughs) say that you have to uh, enjoy the journey and cherish the moment, those kind of things and I think I was lucky and I just always have done that. And I never really... Like, sometimes I wish I was Drake or whatever I wish. I was with Macklemore earlier. We had a recording session. And I was looking at it like, you know, he's got fucking a lot of money. And I was like, you know. But all in due time, everyone's on their own timeline. And so I really, like, don't lose too much sleep over it. And even as I've, like, grown up and I probably... You know, I could have a wife and family now. I'm of age, at Mm -hmm. least. (laughs) For, like, my own, you know, for my own self. And I've sacrificed a lot to be in music, but I really enjoy it, and I enjoy the day-to-day process of making, creating music, and I've never felt like I took uh, a backwards step. I always feel like I've been growing.
1: Right.
0: And so, you know, I'm blessed. So I feel good about it, and, you know, I try to not put too much, emphasis. like my favorite artists of all time weren't the most, necessarily the most famous artists of their generation. I like people who, maybe they had hits, they were popping, maybe they were rich and they left their family with a lot of money, but they're not like, there's a lot of people that were number one in 1985 that no one gives a fuck about now, so on. So, I just try to like be in line with the music that inspired me growing up, Cla- classic soul music, know, golden era hip-hop music, and just, like, follow the code that I was raised on and just, like, be myself as much as possible.
1: Do you think you're, in a sense, an underdog?
0: Yeah, for sure. And my favorite song is Sly and Family Stone, Underdog, so I always want to be an underdog. I would never want to be not like that. I want people to underestimate me, to doubt me, and prove them wrong.
1: Will you always, like, fight to be the
0: toughest?
1: (laughs) But those type of people like the people that aren't in the media all the time I think those are the people who have the most to say because like Pete Davidson for example he stayed out of the media so much now and his new up,
0: stand up was fire
1: look how much he so has fire. to say though it was bad it was so good it was so good it. the new I, Pete I, and like I don't give a fuck but Arnie, Arnie said I'm channeling his big did dick you, did you watch I believe his dick is big
0: <laughs> did I don't watch? know but that shit was fucking hilarious it was so I good. love
1: that whole special that was amazing. Did you watch the um, side Char- note? <laughs> Sorry. Did you watch the Charlemagne interview with him? No. But that's the type of stuff that I find really important. Like I feel like
0: Charlemagne like obviously I would love to be on the breakfast club, but I feel like he'd just be looking at his computer and just pulling people up like right when they get there. But that's what And that's- he's like, "Uh so uh when you were with Ariana Grande, you said such and such, and like he just kind of. But I
1: that's the thing, when he got away from that, when he has his he has his own podcast, which is like the Charlamagne interviews, which is like on YouTube.
0: Is that the Brilliant Idiots?
1: No, that he has the Brilliant Idiots and another podcast where it's just him, like being like a Gail King. Charlamagne, he's
0: the go. <laughs> he's the go. I I can't say shit about Charlamagne. Yeah.
1: But uh, how do you get away from Ariana Grande if that's your podcast and she's doing that? How do you get away from it? You don't. But I don't think... I think relationships are just a stepping stone. What do you think about relationships?
0: I think think that relationships are the best teacher in life, period. Your first relationships with your parents, with your siblings, they kind of inform you and how you're going to deal with everything, really. And then, you know, that's why you got to, like... You have to be all in, in your relationships, because you'll learn so much about yourself, about how to treat other people. So I think they're, you know, imperative to personal growth.
1: One of my last- stop. Sorry. One of my last interviews was this guy, and he was saying that his family was foreign, so he had to be like the male patriarchy in his family, because he was just his mom and his two sisters, his sisters moved out when he was like 13 his mom was cambodian so she only spoke that language mm-hmm. so he had to start paying the taxes and the bills at a very young age the taxes Cause, yeah because his mom didn't know any english and he had to and then a thing and this interview just came out and it's like a big thing that he said was he always loved music and dancing and he knew that he had to help support his family so <laughs> he fucking went on craigslist to find a record deal and that shit of course bombed but he, he would take that approach just to support his family. And from, like, from listening to your music, it seems like you had a semi-tough childhood. How did that help you with your music or build a grind for you, this mentality of starting a band when you're young, keep growing, being on a label, then being independent, making all these great connections?
0: Um, I had a somewhat turbulent adolescence, early adolescence. And was definitely the premise for like my writing I guess it was that like I had you know I was like an angsty 13 14 15 year old and I had a lot to get off my chest and I you know yeah when I was little I listened to music that made me feel like oh this is how you like channel that type of feeling um but I had a really uh, I went to like a a hippie School when I was little in San Francisco called Waldorf School. Okay. Where they like don't let you watch TV, you can't wear name brand clothing. It's real like far, it's tripped out. And I went there. So I was you know, around like you don't even read till you're like in third grade. They teach you they teach you how to knit, how to crochet, how to dance, Uh how to play music. You good?
1: (laughs) The costs are scary. <laughs> she has Hold hands your breath, breath right now. Where's the, the mask? Ready?
0: It's fine. Yeah. This is how you know if you have coronavirus.
1: She doesn't have. Dude, I think your eyes are bleeding. Uh, oh my god! <laughs> I'm just kidding. Let <laughs> <not laughs> her live. Okay. okay.
0: So, anyways, yeah. So, you know, I had I had some uh, some interesting things happen to me at that time, and it like. Yeah, it made me who I am. And it made me comfortable with, uh, because I went to the school, combined with the things that happened, it was like I already had a built-in way to channel these emotions. And if I didn't have that, I would probably be a huge dickhead at this point in my life. And I don't know how, you know, I really don't know. I feel like there has been a couple of times when I was like, should I be like just a fucking asshole to the world? But because I had that training, to learn how to be sensitive and vulnerable and not be too afraid of that. I was also raised by mostly all women. Um, yeah, so it, it kind of helped me. Like, I'm still, you know, I'm an asshole, I'm sure. But I have a soft side that I'm not afraid of, and I know how to at least be myself right. artistically. So,
1: Do you think you deliberately choose more... Upbeat beats and then try to put messages into the upbeat beats. You think some artists say they try to mask like their feelings with using an upbeat type sound?
0: Uh, well, I'm not like the new wave is really like on their emo hype, right? I wasn't into that way back in the you know when I was like 18. I wasn't into it. I'm not like no shit. I love like great great artists are always great artists, but just like following the wave of like I'm fucking you know crank my auto tune and give me a trap beat and talk about how sad I am like unless it actually resonates with me I'm not checking for that so
1: right
0: I don't like deliberately I just make music that is in line with what inspires me already and what I was raised on and what you know I think I've developed my own sound almost at this point and it's not it's like soulful melodies you know pop chord progressions and i still my shit has to knock so
1: for sure you're i i respect the artists that make a sound that represents them like when you hear this beat it represents them not like the average artist go. that like uses the same like california type beat and then yo 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 you know who it is like you make <laughs> the sound part of your voice Thank when you. it That's comes to like your album like you, you, you switch between having reverb and autotune versus just your raw vocals. Like, your album's a roller coaster.
0: Thank you. I tried. That was deliberate.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't... This is just what Wikipedia said, but it said that you started roughly around 2007. And that's that, a fact. That's a great time to start music, though. So you've been, like, the peak 2007, 2005 era. I was, like... Then,
0: I was doing music before the internet, almost. <laughs> like... Nobody, like, even before, not before MySpace, but like before YouTube (laughs) and Instagram, I was in a band, and like you had to go to like open mics, had to pass out flyers, we would go to colleges and play at sorority houses, they were like, while they were having lunch, they'd be like eating, and be like, play fucking Jack Johnson songs and shit, and be like, we're having a concert at the Roxy on Friday, and I did that for two or three years, no one ever came and then literally one day my band had a show it was just like 400 kids were there see and it was fucking lit and I was like this is the the connection back then there was nowhere to know online on your phone like I had a fucking the T-Mobile sidekick you know (laughs) so like you couldn't go in there and know if you were popping you literally didn't know until the night of your show and like the first show I had that was lit, it was like oh, I was done. And then people started flying in from all every record label. I was in a in a band called 2am Club. This is before Marky Basie. And it was just like I'm not gonna say it was better, but it was the vibe of a show. Like there was nothing to post a show on. Like you would only go there just to be excited about the music that was playing. And I feel like when you come to my show now. I still remember what that felt like so I can still give that to kids who have no idea what that's about. And I go to shows and you know, like shows for the most part there's a huge lack of connection because people don't know what that even means or what that is. But since I was there then and I'm still you know, I look younger than I am probably (laughs) I know like about that. I know about playing like when no one is recording anything. They're just there because that's their entertainment so I try to combine you know it's like J. Cole talking about being in the middle of two generations like I'm really, we're the same age I was there with him at South By in 2010 playing and shit
1: and see that's the type of things like I want my audience to understand because the main people I try to focus on are the underdogs people in Seattle who are trying to make it to try to make some buzz some noise and I don't think a lot of artists try to focus on, like, that grind they put in those years and effort of people not showing up to their concerts or their concerts. Been a grind, folks.
0: Jay-Z said the smartest thing we ever did was not quit. So, that's... What... I live my life by that.
1: What are some things that you wish someone had told you when you first started out, even when you were starting your band?
0: Just don't be such a huge bitch by everything. (laughs) Like... Just shut the fuck up. Like, don't think that you're great or special. Just, like, work and get to your money. Get to the bag. Because, and I don't mean that in a crass, nasty way, but you got to go. If someone will pay you to do something, following it is not unartistic. Like, all the best artists, Beethoven, Picasso, Stanley Kubrick, to get <laughs> Tupac, whoever they get to the back. Like, yes. I'm me. I'm not going to not be myself in any scenario. I'm going to be myself. So, if I'm alive on this earth and I promise to myself I'm going to be who I am, who's going to pay me right. to be myself? And where is it? Like, I got to chase that down and find that. And so, being about your money, like, it cuts all the bullshit out. If you're like yeah. sitting there, like, know like if this is like fulfilling my creative integrity it's like shut the fuck up i did that you know for some time and i like when i look back like if i was if that shit was on instagram i would be it i'd be horrified like i didn't that was stupid and i was privileged to do that at the time and i just think like that wasn't a day when, like, if you got a record deal, you were, like, thought that you had hella hell of money. And we had, you know, and that, like, nobody was like, you have X amount of money and you have to, like, turn it into something. You got to go chase down your back. And that's just, like, now I realize, like, I'm not going to, I'm going to be myself. I'm going to do my best and represent myself the best way possible at all times. Right. Like, that's my commitment to myself. So I have to figure out how to generate income doing that. And it's not even a business thing. It has nothing to do with business. It's like, it's just honoring what I do. And the people that do that the best. Like some kids just have that drilled in their brain and people will be like, oh, he's a little dickhead. But when I see a young kid that values himself enough to realize like, no, I'm not going to do that unless they pay me. Like I know I'm not going to put that on unless I'm sponsored by it. It's like, damn, you're a G for doing that. And I, I appreciate that. I respect that. And I think I had a little too, you know, my band, we were a little, my first band was like a little too suburban, I don't know, it was just, we just were like, right. we didn't get that until after, and then when I was like on the couch, living, you know, at 25, on my homie, I was like, oh, now I have to like actually figure this out, and it triggered my artistry, so I would tell myself.
1: Is there a personal goal you've had since you were young that still keeps you motivated? not like buying a yacht, but something like Deep that actually keeps you going, that's (laughs) been around for a while in your heart?
0: I mean, I I wanted to be on stage in front of people, as many people as possible. And it's been, you know, my modest fan base has been accumulating and growing. It's at an all-time high. I think we've got, you know, another year or two of, like, growth, and who knows what'll happen. But I definitely always wanted to be... On stage, I want to be heard, I guess.
1: Is social media important to you?
0: Mm, I mean, it's important, like, I want to be, I want people to hear me, so I I want my social media to be popular. But in and of itself, like, my Twitter got hacked and people were writing, like, crazy shit about, like, my dick and, like, all this wild shit. And I reposted it. Pete Davidson's
1: bigger than yours.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But I reposted it because, like, I don't actually, it doesn't, like, affect me in my real life. Like kid, like some kids, that's like a big deal. Like I've never looked at who's, I would never look at like who's following me or like, especially not who like liked my pictures, nothing like that. I don't like tap in on myself on social media. I just, I'm grown. Like I'm not, not right. worried about that.
1: Well, I don't think we can have that long of an interview. But if you're ever back in Seattle, I have like a few more questions. But for real, if you're ever back in Seattle, you got you got to come to the station I'm at or my studio. And we have to have a full on. Blake Burton experience. Who was okay, man? I <laughs> I got you, man. For sure. And another thing, what is like some advice that you'd give an artist that wants to be signed to a label? Because right now you're independent, right?
0: Yes, I'm independent. I mean, there's nothing about like no label is gonna sign you unless you're already popping at this point. There's no like. Music is democratized. Artistry is. Photography is. Like, you can't... You could can go to fucking film school and know how to do everything and then someone can be taking bullshit photos if they want on Instagram and be more popping than you. So yes. you have to do it for the work, for the love of the craft, for sure. And just like... Like the same advice I will give myself. Don't... You know, don't treat it like you're Beethoven, <laughs> necessarily. <laughs> like, you have to have... A sense of humor and you can't take yourself too seriously do your thing but know that who knows what's gonna pop you know don't do it just because you want to be famous like don't you know don't do it for social media for sure do it because it makes you happy because it fulfills you and honestly if you keep on doing it nowadays there's so many different little niche markets out there for anything that you're interested in. So if, you, if you're really passionate, it will show and it will continue. And like my little cousin, she goes to Marymount College, incredible singer songwriter. And she's like, what do I need to do? It's like, you don't need to do anything. Say, keep going to college, produce music, write music, take cool pictures on Instagram, put it <laughs> out. Like, what do you mean? Like, There's no record label. A record label can't do anything at this point. Mm -hmm. All they can do is, once you're already popular on TikTok, on Instagram, come give you a bag to try to take something from you. So it's like, if you look at any of the new Trevor Daniel, Arizona, all the, like, anyone who popped off in the past year. They're dope. They came up before they were even signed, you know. Or maybe some of them, but, like. There's, like, a record label. Record labels do not have to exist anymore. If they exist, they could literally be in a computer. They do not have to have physical space in our world. No offense, but they really don't. They can just, like, an algorithm could peruse all of social media and figure out what's popping and send out a, a mass email with money attached to radio stations to promote it. Nobody, like, that shit's antiquated. And, like, I don't even say that with shade. I Like, I, whether or not I would re-sign to a label for any... Like, maybe it's always a conversation, but I've been on two record labels, major ones with great people, but it's just not... It's not what's happening anymore. And it really, like, you can't... There's no more, like, artist development. Mm-hmm. You develop yourself in front of the world at this point. That's just what it is, so...
1: I'm all about cutting out the middleman in every way I can. And that's why even... You can even think of a radio station as a record, like a record label. Like radio, in a sense, especially in Seattle, and that's why I'm trying to revamp it in any way I can. But in a sense, you'll always hear people saying radio is dying in Seattle. And in, in a sense, it is anywhere. You guys because never of had radio in
0: Seattle. No one's ever cared about pop radio in Seattle. You guys have been no. cooler than that forever. Because yeah. you guys have been wethead. There's like there was Cube, there was radio stations, was but like, way. what? No, it was Cube. Well.
1: Did you see that live thing? What was that live thing you did with them? Like.
0: I've been on radio in Seattle, but I'm just saying, like, pop radio in Seattle has never moved yeah. the needle nationwide. Seattle's always been... Had did Macklemore sell so, 70,000 albums, mm. you know, with the heights in the first week, and then people were like, what the fuck? It's because radio, it was... A, Seattle was already ahead. The West Coast is always ahead. Mm. S- San Francisco's usually ahead, but there's not as much of a music scene, but the right. Bay is.
1: And when it comes to, like, rec labels and stuff... Oh, how many minutes... One minute? Shit. Damn it. Okay. Sorry. (laughs) I'm telling you, you got to come back to Seattle. I will, man. I will. But what is some final advice that you have for up and coming Seattle artists, creators, influencers?
0: Seattle artists, be authentic. Be yourself. Don't try to wait for a record label or something to like set off your career because that's not what's going down. Be yourself. Put your shit out. Don't be too hard on yourself. And... Enjoy it while you're making it.
1: Yes. I'm sorry this had to be short, but I, I like I said I really want to give artists like you a voice, because you have a voice more I than just music, it. you know?
0: I appreciate it.
1: So this is the NAS Podcast with
0: Barky Basie. Thank you so much, man. Here we appreciate
1: go. it. <laughs>